fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? It's the middle of the week, greatest day of the entire week, as usual. Let's carpe diem all over this place, baby. What are you talking about? Welcome in, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. We love you to death. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. Holy cow, we have a show lined up today. I don't know how we're going to cram everything in today, but we will do our darndest. Bottom of the hour, Dr. James Johnson. He's a direct primary care provider. We've talked about that concept before. Do you need the health insurance? Can you get away with going alternative in your health insurance or at least your primary care? And how can you take your health back under the disaster that is Obamacare? We'll talk about that coming up with Dr. James in just a little bit. Uh, This is the week I've told you it's a pivotal moment for numerous different ways with the debt ceiling debates we are officially less almost a week away from that deadline kevin mccarthy holding strong i'm telling you man i've never seen republicans actually stay firm and hold actually have a backbone and stick to it this is insane man and the republicans actually holding strong in the house as a unified party we have congressman bob latta from the fifth district of ohio coming on to talk about that issue uh tomorrow uh, at the beginning of the show so we'll do that here in just a little bit but outside of that once we get through this month we have memorial weekend coming up right around the corner here we have the beginning of june next month which means what's going to happen next month it's like the democrats favorite month of all they have their pride month they have juneteenth because they claim that they control the minorities they claim that they and i know they talk about slavery that's what they're all about Keeping them financially controlled, keeping them under that glass ceiling, keeping them in line to where if you speak out in any way, shape, or form against the uh, the other side of the aisle, then obviously you're the most horrible human being on the face of the earth, and you're probably an Uncle Tom in some way, shape, or form, right? I mean, so... This is like their favorite month coming up, so be prepared because you're going to see the memes from the Democrats online and from the the elected officials, really, all over the place, that how they love to say this is their favorite month. But do they really do control the other side? Do they control the LGBTQ? Because we have the walk-away movement right now, walking away from the hate and the division from the left side of the aisle and saying, wait, I may be part of that community, but I'm conservative. Uh, right now, Caitlyn Jenner used to be their hero. Now is like their most hated person out there. Because how dare she actually, he, she, whoever, actually claim that when, that men should not participate in women's sports. We have that, and we have the minority vote, the blacks, the Hispanics, the Asians, the Native Americans. You want to see what socialism looks like? Go to a reservation on a Native American reservation. We've said that many times on this program before. Well, Kansas, I usually don't do this because this show obviously broadcasts outside of the state of Kansas, but we're making the trends, man. We started the civil rights movement in Kansas, and we're proud of that. The state is very proud of that. Uh, We started trying to bring equality with the civil rights. We started as a state, as a free state fighting against slavery all the way back when. Candace leading that charge, and they're doing it again here. There's a headline on Fox News. Yes, the state of Kansas making headlines on Fox News right now with black lawmakers, one Republican, one Democrat, working to try and create an underground railroad museum project in the Kansas City area 
And the budget for it was near $250,000. It was passed in the Republican state legislature this year as it went to the governor, who is a Democrat, by the way, Kansas Democrat Governor Lori Kelly, who for some reason line item vetoed that bill or that piece of the budget. Why? Not quite sure. Now, to put a little background into this, for those that are living outside of the state of Kansas, there is one Democrat legislator who is a Democrat and lives in that area that was going to this district for this museum project, who sidestepped the governor and walked away from the Democrat towing lines and supported many Republicans on numerous different issues, including the Women's Bill of Rights, including a pro-life bill, and including school choice in the state of Kansas. Oh, my dear. I know, you're probably getting tired of hearing that sound effect already. But because he stepped out of line for the Democrats, you won't believe some of the heat that he got. The hatred that came from that side of the aisle. And it's making news now because in retaliation for how dare the minority representative that was a registered Democrat and an elected official as a Democrat stepped out of line, the retaliation is for her to veto a $250,000 project for an underground railroad museum in his district for the black community going into the month of June. You can't make this up, man. The woke mob left. And this isn't just representation of Kansas. This is everywhere. The woke mob left that when you step out of line as someone who's supposed to fit in the nice little box for the Democrat Party as a minority voter, as a women voter, as an LGBTQ voter, if you step out of line, we will come after you. To talk about some of that as uh, they made it on Fox News, the Republican that's been working right along with him as well, State Representative Patrick Penn, who I had to bring in studio when this news broke on Fox News. Patrick, what's going on, brother? It's good to have you on here. It is so good to see you, Andy. This is an interesting story here because this is not just happening in Kansas, which is why we had to talk about it on this program. This is something going, this is the mindset of the Democrats as a whole. Unless you are black and fit in line with the Democrat Party, then, as Joe Biden says, you're not really black. Oh, Joe Biden said you ain't black if you don't vote for him. <laughs> so, I mean, me and my whole household, I'm joined here today with my lovely bride, Miss Talia Chanel Penn. And uh, I guess by Joe Biden and the Democrat standards, we ain't black, even you're, though you're I've been sitting black. in the skin. No, no. Been yeah. sitting in the skin. Okay. You, you're just in Florida. You would go to Florida if it wasn't a terrorist state for black people, according to the NAACP. And you just got a nice tan. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Got it. Yeah. Got some extra tan. Ain't we headed to Florida? We are. We are. Oh, yes. you're going to the terrorist state. We're going to the terrorist state. <laughs> oh, my. Brother, oh my. We're right up in there, all up in Orlando. Like, that's insane. Like, like our name was AOC. Oh, see? Ooh, see the rim shot. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, talk about this issue. Obviously, this made Fox News. This is going national because of the fact that the woke white Democrat governor line item vetoed a really important project. I'm glad you guys actually focused on this. But out of a massive multi-billion dollar budget, she vetoes a $250,000 project that would go to his district solely for the purpose of retaliation that he didn't step in line and vote against the Women's Bill of Rights that we had in Kansas, which, by the way, we were the leading charge on that nationally as well. We tried to do school choice that he supported as well. He tried to vote for and supported Republicans in this measure for the, uh, uh, the Born Alive Bill that many states are doing, but Kansas leading that charge as well. And in that retaliation, after all the derogatory terms that Democrats had called him throughout the entire session that I've heard of, not going to mention on the air here, that she had to veto his project for the black community. Absolutely. I mean, her pettiness is not necessarily industrial strength. That's the caucus, the Democrat caucus. Her pettiness is weapons grade. So what we see here is that, you know, like Marvin said, Representative Robinson said, that he did not leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left 
that particular area in KCK, as they have across the nation, whenever you go to a Democrat-run state or city, left it in shambles. We don't have school choice. We tell them that, you know, our kids have a graduation rate of 80-something percent, and we slap that bumper sticker on their behind, but the kids can't read the bumper sticker. <laughs> so we see that, you know, they don't have school choice. We see they don't have jobs. We see they don't have uh, health care. We see that they don't have this, that, the third, uh, you know, work or anything, uh, child care for the kids. But what Marvin Robinson stood up to do was vote in alignment with the vision and values of the district in which that he represents, House District 35. Which he won overwhelmingly, didn't he? He won. He won like 81 percent, almost 81 percent. And wow. I hope to achieve that in my district. But man, <laughs> he's a rock star. That's a, that's that's pretty impressive. So people know him. People like him. And this is his freshman year where they told him to back off, just kind of watch the process, which they usually tell everybody. I get it. But when he stands up for something. How dare you toe the line and step across the Democrat aisle? Man, it was even worse than that. They told him, don't do anything for three years. We're only elected for two. So they, they, wow. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. I don't mean, do anything. Yeah, just sit there for your entire first term and don't do a single thing. And, you know, Marvin did tell me something that was pretty interesting. And, tell you can attest to this. He said that uh, we retired from the Army out of uh, Austin, te- Texas area, Fort Hood. And he said that the Democrats did own his great-great-grandfather down in uh, Georgetown, Texas, down in that area mm-hmm. outside of Austin. So it's no small wonder that they believe that the Democrats own his vote in the state legislature as well. Wow. Talia, I know you're part of the Black Republican Council here in Cedric County in the state of Kansas as well. Are you seeing the change, the eye-opening moments in the black community all over the state, all over the county, all over the area, realizing, wait a second, maybe Democrat policies aren't the best policies for me. Is that is there an awakening going on right now? I, I think so, though. I saw more so of it when um, Trump was in office, as quiet as it's kept. There was a lot of people who actually are conservative in the black community. And we've known this for years, socially conservative, physically conservative. And so you you get a couple of people that come, come to us, I say, in the cloak of darkness that let us know, like, hey, we actually voted for Trump. We didn't vote for him just once, we voted for him twice. Yeah. And so not only that, with the progressive kind of leanings that is going on, uh, they totally feel abandoned. We feel abandoned, you yeah. know, as a whole. But I know those who vote Democrat, they definitely do feel abandoned over the years. Well, Donald Trump led that charge, and he was the one that went to inner cities and went to a church and said, what do you have to lose? You've been voting Democrat for 50, 60 years. Obviously, it hasn't helped your living situation in any way, shape, or form. What do you have to lose? And I think that resonated. And the Republicans have been really behind the ball on doing that message, but I'm glad they're finally doing so. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm a member of a fraternity and everything, and we saw that Donald uh, uh, Donald Trump actually fully funded HBCUs so that the HBCUs didn't have to go hat in hand like they do perennially, Mm -hmm. asking the federal government for a handout to, you know, backfill their coffers. Well, the moment that Joe Biden got in office, he got rid of that. And then they take all of the Divine Nine, the Panhell, the black or uh, Greek-led organizations, and they're giving them all these accolades. And as you saw over there at Howard University, right, the home of plenty of these uh, organizations, they just fell all of themselves at their commencement. He is the most uh, next closest thing to Jesus, and we just love him so much, and he's the most <laughs> smartest president ever. And everybody's looking at this thing like... Is this a caricature? Is this a is this a joke? What are we getting? Are we getting pranked right now? Yeah, yeah, uh, getting punked. I'm waiting for you know, waiting yeah. for Austin Kutcher to come out and be like, ah, ah we got gotcha. you. Yeah. Because yeah. because here's the thing, diversity of thought exists in the black community, That's right. just like concept. every other community. Absolutely, is that right? Yeah. Every yeah. other community has the, is accepted to have that diversity of thought, except for That's ours. Right. Only our community is seeing that liberal white woke elites are in a position to demand complete. Uh, complicity with with our vote and with our thinking only in the black community no other race has that problem 
So I think that uh, for Marvin Robinson to stand up with the courage of his convictions, have those convictions and stand up courageously against the Democrat onslaught from the governor on down to his leadership, on down to the people that sit around him. Uh, that said a lot, spoke volumes, and I'm very proud of him. Absolutely. The headline for Fox News has a quote from you saying, Democrats own Marvin's great-great-grandfather, so it's no small idea that they think that they own his vote. Sounds vaguely familiar with what they try to own and how they've tried to own many communities all over the country in many different races for so long. Get in the box. And just go along with it. Yeah, but Joe Biden talks about he's out here for the soul of the nation. The soul of black people is not for sale. So mm. uh, me and Marvin are here to let him know that. And uh, we stand proud and tall with that. Well, he did say that uh, the Hispanic community is more diverse than the black community because they were like a breakfast taco or something. Oh so, God. you know, he's, <laughs> he's they are trying they're, they're trying to widen out yeah. a little bit there. Right. Trying yeah. to be trying to show their diversity and how much they support every community. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like they're inclusive of every single thing except for a black person that thinks for themselves, follows God, does not want to kill babies twice. Marvin voted for a, uh, a measure that uh, it's called the Infant Born Alive Act, the Born Infant the Alive, Infant Born Alive Act, rather. Yeah. And what it says is basically if a baby makes it through a botched abortion, you don't get to kill it because that baby has drawn exactly. his first breath, has a heartbeat, has a, has a name, and bottom line up front, that's murder. Why do we have to do that? I guess it's right up there with having to define what a woman is. Which, like you said, most communities, Hispanic community, black communities, all realize the sanctity of life and actually want to defend that. We're out of time, my friends. It is Patrick Penn and Talia Penn. Thank you guys for coming in here. Keep up the fight. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. All right, we got to take a break here. Lots more coming up for The Voice Reason on a Wednesday. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Man, I, I usually don't talk about statewide issues on this program because obviously it goes outside of Kansas, but this is one that goes beyond Kansas's borders. And I love it because coming out of Kansas, man, we lead the charge on so much. Flyover state. What? We do a lot here. And while the Underground Railroad went through Kansas... While Kansas came out as a free state when it joined, when Kansas was the leading charge on the civil rights movement and Brown v. Board of Education, uh, yeah, we have a lot to do with that. And the fact that our Democrat woke liberal governor, who <laughs> I always joke, I call her the angry librarian. She's very short. She has the bowl cut. She's she's the angry librarian who tries to talk very soft and stern, and it just doesn't quite turn out that way. Uh, yeah, the the woke liberal Democrat governor that is mad that a black Democrat legislator voted with Republicans on some really, really major issues and being called, by the way, every derogatory term possible by many of those legislators ended up uh, having a project in his district for a museum for the Underground Railroad to be line item vetoed for the total of $250,000. Now, they say that it was because it wasn't proper, properly vetted and they didn't have enough information, although apparently they've been working on the project for years. So uh, nothing more than political games being done, and it's funny to watch the liberal mob end up shooting themselves in the foot because most of the time all you have to do is sit back and enjoy and pop the popcorn and watch them sabotage themselves. Republicans, we are on the precipice right now, and this is my eternal optimism for the day. Here's your good news of the day from Andy. Here's the good news is that we are on the precipice to see massive 
changes in the dynamic of politics here, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Ron DeSantis with Ron DeSantis. Apparently, I'm, I'm checking his tweet right now. I don't see the official announcement yet, although he's supposed to be doing it relatively soon on the Tweety with Elon Musk. But uh, making his announcement for president, whether it's Tim Scott, imagine that already more diversity in the presidential race with Republicans and it is Democrats. The people are catching on to that. The voters are catching on. Even people that are not politically engaged and politically active are seeing the diversity. If that's an important thing to them of, I want to see all different kinds of people. If that's important to you, then Republicans win hands down. We've had women run. We have black individuals run. We've had Hispanics run under the Republicans. Myra Flores, district number 34 in the state of Texas. Winning that congressional seat, even though it was for only a few months before the district number uh, district lines changed, and then she ended up losing because it was even more heavily blue. Guess what? As a Trump-supporting MAGA Republican Hispanic and the first foreign-born Hispanic woman to ever serve in Congress on the border as a MAGA conservative Republican, that sends a message to voters across the nation. As Tim Scott, the first elected senator from the South as a black man, as a conservative Republican, to be elected and to now run for president of the United States with an R in front of his name, breaking records on the Republican side, showing that we are the white umbrella. And yeah, you don't have to live in a certain box to vote a certain way. You can be any nationality. You can be any gender. You can be any religion. You can be whatever. And as long as you have conservative beliefs of limited government and the concept of individual sovereignty and individual freedom, you're going to succeed. And more people are catching on. It's a long, hard grind, and we have to keep at it because even the slightest hiccup in our messaging, and guess what? They eat us up, and everybody starts going back the other direction. It's a constant battle, but that's a battle that we're winning. And I believe with it we're winning. And it started with Donald Trump. Republicans were horrible at expanding out to other communities before that. They just wrote them off. We'll never win them. It'll never happen. We're just going to accept that fact. And Donald Trump challenged that. So whether you still support Donald Trump or go to Ron DeSantis or Tim Scott or something, could you imagine, by the way, either Ron DeSantis or Tim Scott or uh, Donald Trump, Donald Trump being the ultimate racist, Ron DeSantis now creating a terrorist state for black people, according to the NAACP. If Tim Scott ran on their ticket with either one of them, yeah, that's kind of amazing. In fact, Ron DeSantis apparently has a rumor that he may be running with Christy Nome. That would be interesting as well. Dr. James Johnson right on the corner here for the Wednesday on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, Dart welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on the middle of the week. What a show, man! So much to cover, so much to do. We have the debt ceiling issues. We have Ron DeSantis. That is, I'm still waiting. Hold on, let me check the. Uh, not yet. All right. So he's supposed to be doing it on the Tweety. Kind of an interesting platform to do it on as well, especially with Elon Musk with their new feature that they have on there so we'll uh, continue to watch that if it happens over the next half hour or so uh dr james johnston not quite on yet they've been emailing me and said that he was on a flight that was getting delayed so maybe just a couple minutes late here on the program we'll look forward to chatting with him here in just a minute but that gives me an opportunity by the way i want to give a shout out 
to, I usually don't do this obviously as well with other talk show hosts because everybody's got their favorite talk show hosts on who they listen to and who they enjoy. And for those that listen to this show, I very, very humbly thank you. I love you to absolute death. And we got some cool stuff coming, man. I'm telling you, I can't wait to announce some more. But I got to give a shout out to Dan Bongino, another national talk radio host, one of the big ones that's really filled the shoes for Rush Limbaugh when Rush passed. Um, officially hit his two years on his national radio broadcast today here in our local market. Our, it's the station, my flagship station that I'm in here. Uh, we're an affiliate as his. I got to listen to the most of the program today and officially hitting his two year anniversary with his program and one of the top in the country. Absolutely phenomenal program. And I will say that I remember listening to Dan Bongino and I had him on the program, I don't know, a year or two back. And I had him on the program and I told him this when we interviewed that I remember the very first time that I heard him. And as you know, normally when a guest host fills in for a radio show, a lot of times, sometimes you may not pay as close of attention or may not care about their style because you want to hear the host that's actually on. And he had filled in for Mark Levin a few years back. I mean, this was post-college, I want to say. And he was filling in for Mark Levin. And usually when the fill-in host, okay, I won't listen to that podcast or I'll just kind of check it out, whatever. But Bongino was filling in and he was talking about bumper stickers, political, I'll never forget the topic. The He was talking about political bumper stickers and the coexist sticker and conservative stickers. And people were calling in talking about what bumper stickers that they enjoyed, political stickers that they had. And that was the time where I had my, my 1996 Pontiac Grand Am, my little two-door. I loved that car. It was my high school car. I got my junior year of high school. It had 180,000 miles on it, and I got it for $2,500. I want Yeah, I believe it was $2,500. And I had worked because I was working at the time. I saved up money. My parents had matched me with it. We bought this car, 180,000 miles on it, and it got me from throughout high school in Colorado. I drove it to Ohio for college, drove it back to Colorado for the broadcasting school when I went, and then got me to Kansas when I first started off in my radio career. And by that time, it had 390,000 miles on this bad boy. And the only reason that I had to let it go was because I hit a dirt road in the backwoods of Kansas, and my front axle snapped and my right tire fell off. <laughs> and I couldn't adjust it. I know, That was a long story. I, I missed that car. That's, I think that was the moral of that story. But nonetheless, I was listening to Dan Bongino in that car. And I remember, and I laughed because at that time I had about 30 bumper, 40, 50 bumper stickers on the back, and they were all political. And so much that in college I actually had a few ripped off and stuck on the side of my window because angry liberals did not like some of those bumper stickers. But I enjoyed the topic because he was talking about the simplest thing, bumper stickers. And it was great. And I'll never forget that conversation, never forget that segment. And I've always enjoyed his program ever since then. And uh, really happy he's on the air. I know that he's had some issues with his syndicator with Westwood One. But congratulations, brother. I, he doesn't remember me by any way, shape, or form. But uh, he's a great talk show host. He's a great inspiration of guys like me who are making it and doing the radio thing and enjoying the radio industry and trying to work our way up as well. And the fact that he's been able to make it as big and successful as he has is a, is a great inspiration. And congratulations to him with two years on the radio. What a heck of a guy. So we absolutely love Dan Bongino and congratulations on that two years with his show. And no one can fill the shoes, by the way, of Rush Limbaugh. And everybody can always tell the stories of when they first heard Rush Limbaugh on the air. I can remember that as well. My high school, senior year of high school, I would take my lunch breaks in my car at school listening to Rush. I didn't want to hang out with my friends. I wanted to listen to Rush Limbaugh. And uh, same thing with Dan Bongino. First time I heard him on the radio. It's one of those moments. 
where you just know you're enjoying a great content and a great host. So nonetheless, all right, we will get Dr. James Johnston on the program here relatively soon when he's able to get off his airplane. Uh, Ron DeSantis is about ready to make his announcement here soon on the Tweety. And the question is, will this change your mind with the support of either Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, possibly Nikki Haley? But it sounds like there's going to go in with a VP pick. Now, that can be harmful or helpful depending on how they do the campaign. Ron DeSantis obviously not quite as popular within the Republican Party as Donald Trump, with the latest polls still showing near three-quarters of the Republican Party supporting Donald Trump going into this race. Ron DeSantis is great. I enjoy Ron DeSantis. But people aren't looking for him. Maybe it's because he's a little too soft-spoken. Maybe it's because the woke ideology is still maybe uh, fighting the, the wokeness is his mindset, and that's not quite what the voters want as a priority of an agenda. I don't know what the issue is. It would, by the way, just the, the, what we mentioned before, the Tim Scott thing. If he jumped on as a ticket uh, with the ticket as a VP choice for either Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, would that not just make the left wing lose their minds? Just their hair set on fire. They wouldn't know how to handle something like that. They couldn't call Donald Trump a racist anymore. They couldn't call Ron DeSantis a racist anymore with the NAACP uh, setting a domestic terrorist threat and a, 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 a travel warning. For the state of Florida under Ron DeSantis, they couldn't do that. So if Tim Scott jumped on either one of those, that would be hilarious. But it sounds like the rumor has it is that Ron DeSantis actually may have Christine Nome as the potential VP choice, which would be interesting as well. Now, electoral college wise is always something internal politics. What many presidential candidates have to look at is do how do I choose somebody from a state that's going to help me win the election and maybe a swing state that can help push people that support them and get that state on board with me for my run. And Christy Nome, while she's an amazing governor out there, I'm a big fan of her in South Dakota, while she does a great job, it doesn't really help out the electoral college vote because that's already a predominantly red state that has a low electoral college number that's not going to swing the country one way or the other if she jumps on the ticket. So from the internal political side and from the political consultant side coming out, they're like, oh, maybe that's not the best choice. But... She's a solid conservative that could rally other Republicans around the Mid-America region. That's predominantly Republican already anyways, but could help rally most of those to go towards a DeSantis vote in the primaries, not in the general election. But if they enjoy Christine, that could put him over the top in the primaries against Donald Trump. And maybe that's what they're looking at right now is the main focus, not in the general on who could win against Biden or whatever Democrat Fill in the blank Democrat candidate of choice. Maybe that's not the focus right now. Maybe it's solely let's get the nomination, beat Trump, somehow be able to topple him in his dominancy in the Republican Party, and then move forward. I don't know what the mindset is. But if she jumps in, that would definitely throw a wrench in that system. And we could have, again, the woman vote, which the Democrats would then lose their minds on that one. So, that's but Ron DeSantis is going to have to do something pretty drastic, I think, to try and topple Donald Trump with the support that he has right now. The biggest concern is whether Donald Trump can actually be electable again with the way he lost in 2020, uh, which I say that is a that is a valid concern. At the same time, why wouldn't they throw the same tactic now at Ron DeSantis? While he's not Trump, he still has created a terrorist threat list for the state of Florida based on fighting his wokeness and getting rid of some of the curriculum that they wanted in the public education system in Florida. So he's becoming a softer spoken version of the very divisive figure that Donald Trump is 
and I don't know if that's the direction that he necessarily wants to be. Now, where I will say that I differ on Ron DeSantis is the fact that he's not only just fighting against the woke mentality, which I support, but then trying to go after the private businesses. And that's something that, again, Republicans have to be very careful about, that when we counter a progressive movement, we don't go in the same level of control, but on the other side of the aisle. There was a, and this could be a very controversial state uh, statement as well here, but the state of Texas has been working on some legislation to mandate the Ten Commandments to be put up in every single classroom in public education in the state of Texas. And they're doing it to fight some of the wokeness in the corruption that's being fed through our education system and the curriculum in public education. Cool, I understand fighting the wokeness, but that does bridge a line and a concern about infiltrating religion in government because it is a government-run institution that is the public education system. Andy, we don't have separation of church and state. That's a great conversation, and we don't think we have time to go down that road today for separation of church and state, but nonetheless... I disagree with going down that road and going just to the extreme, the opposite direction is what we're trying to fight with the uh, cramming things down our throats from the left side of the aisle. We cannot become the party of doing that the same way on the right side of the aisle, either putting the Ten Commandments in classrooms. If they choose to do it, then that's cool, but they're not shouldn't be mandated to do so. And going after woke businesses by trying to shut them down or trying to regulate them through the government to make sure they don't have a woke policy is another cause for concern. The way we make this happen, the way we actually make differences is through the voters and through the consumer. If a business has gone woke, then we don't buy their product and they end up going out of business because they make no revenue. Not because the government went in and tried to regulate them to death from the conservative angle, trying to make sure that they only promote and do PR and uh, marketing tactics the way that we want them to do so. That is not the conservative way we do things. That's not the limited government way that we do things. And as we believe in free market, laissez-faire, capitalist policies, that is not a capitalist mindset with government getting just as involved from one side as we're trying to fight it from the other side. This ESG movement is a dangerous movement, and we can't have the conservative alternative by doing the same thing, but through a religious lens or an anti-woke lens to make sure that makes sure businesses only promote a certain agenda. Businesses can promote whatever agenda that they want to, and you as the consumer will decide on whether it succeeds or fails prime example of that is how Bud Light is still in absolute disaster mode and Anheuser-Busch starting to feel that pinch. That's because of you, not because of the government. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back in. Last few minutes here of the program. Got word that Dr. James Johnston finally just landed after some delays on the flight. So we'll get him rescheduled. Not a big deal. Get him back on the program. Going to be a very fascinating conversation. I love these kind of conversations. Trying to take your health back. Even though COVID's done, the battle for your health, I think that again has awakened individuals as well. I There's the woke term, and then there's the awakened term. We are awake. We are not woke. And I love the CPAC message that had that, what was it, last year that used that terminology? But I love it because the wokeness is real, 
but being awake and realizing seeing. What does it mean to be awake? Well, you can look at it from the religious and spiritual standpoint. You can look at it from the political standpoint. But the the facade, the cloak of darkness, the cloak of ignorance has been lifted. The veil has been lifted. Now people are realizing what the hell's going on. The corruption in Washington, D.C., the crony capitalism that's going on, the, uh, the, the corporation, not the evil corporation stuff, but, I mean, the corporate greed in working with many government uh, entities for their benefit, not in a capitalist system, but in a crony capitalist system with the uh, politicians doing things behind closed doors. Donald Trump shook that open, whether you like it or not. And now they can't put the toothpaste back in the tooth box, uh, the, uh, the tube, because guess what? It's out now. We know exactly. So now we see the tactics that are happening all the time. And when businesses now try to go down this quote unquote woke mindset, there's retaliation. Uh, headline from Fox News shows that there's still backlash with Bud Light as their stocks, at least last week, were down by about 6 or 7 or 8% in total for Anheuser-Busch as a whole, with Bud Light being down near 25 26% on a week-to-week basis right now. And many businesses, other beer companies, are starting to rethink maybe what they wanted to do. Remember your demographics. I don't know why this is very difficult. As a radio host, I know what my demographic is. I know who I'm talking to. I'm trying to change that a little bit because really there's the demographic for the quote-unquote older listener crowd. Me being 34, trying to bring the younger generation into talk radio by doing it with social media, with podcasting, with having different platforms, with thinking in things just a little bit differently to where like, oh, he makes sense. Trying to keep it somewhat entertaining because the attention span is really short, so we got to kind of keep things moving here on the show. So there's some drastic changes in how talk radio is done. But I understand that because you're trying to reach a certain demographic. As a beer company, who are you trying to appeal to? If you're Bud Light, as the cheap beer, not to knock them for a second, but just the quality of it, as the cheap beer that's out there to get college kids drunk, And for the good old boy on the farm that wants a case of beer for $14 right now, that's who you're pandering to. And for them to say, you know, we're going to partner up with Dylan Mulvaney or whoever else on a woke mindset and a woke agenda uh, goes against that entire demographic. You have no clue what your constituency actually is. That's like a Ted Cruz going into inner city Chicago and saying, I'm here to talk about constitutional conservatism. While they need to hear that message, you're probably not going to get the biggest response in the heartland of where, um, I don't know, Mayor Lightfoot's now gone. So whoever the new mayor is for the city of Chicago, it's not going to work very well. Know your demographic, dude. Know your constituency. Know who you're trying to appeal to. And apparently they made that mistake. Now we see other companies trying to do the same thing. And other beer companies now holding back and reining it in. According to Fox News, this particular promotion has really struck a chord. It was a bridge too far, apparently, for consumers. And we're weeks in, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better, according to some of the beer experts right now, with the whole industry in shock, quote-unquote. Because people are... Concerned, They're not dancing on the grave of Bud Light, but now they're skeptical of how they actually promote their adult beverages and their next marketing schemes as well. Good. You pat yourself on the back. You made that happen. As we talked about in the last segment, you decide how businesses work. Not the government, not the ESG. And while those are concerns, we have to fight them tooth and nail. We have to remain the most influential portion of a business on whether you like their product or not to continue to spend money and support them or not. And in a world where every business apparently has to be 
taking a political stance to either win over Republicans or Democrats, conservatives or liberals. You know, Chick-fil-A, oh, you're pro-life, to hell with you. You're anti-LGBTQ, to hell with you. We're going to go after you. Or someplace like Bud Light. In a world like that, unfortunately, you have to make those choices, and you are making that voice heard, especially going into Memorial Weekend, which I'm assuming is a very big weekend for these beer companies, and especially Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch, that they're probably not going to get as much of a support for when they're having to do buy one for 19 bucks and we'll give you a $20 rebate, or we have to buy back cases that are now expired because they went out of stock and they didn't do too well. Be a warning to other adult beverage companies. Don't be like Bud Light. All right. Thursday, right around the corner. We got a lot to get to. Congressman Bob Latta will join us from D.C. to give us an update on the debt ceiling debate. Until then, it's time for you to be your own voice of reason. Time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and speak some reason. Be that catalyst for change. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.